Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So many, uh, the harmony of the gospels, of course, that hold all of the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have taken my time this week and I have read back all the accounts and of in the harmony of the gospels from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John just to refresh my mind with that wonderful truth. Amen. Some would call it a story and I suppose you could call it that, but it's not, it's not a fictional story. Amen. And so I reacquainted myself with all that and landed here in Luke 24. I want to read the first few verses of Luke 24, starting with verse number one. The Bible states these words now. Upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. They found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. They entered in found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. They remembered his words, returned from the sepulcher, told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. Those two individuals in shining garments, angels as it were, met the women that came to the tomb that are a little bit bewildered because of an empty tomb. They asked those women that question, why do you seek the living? They're dropping some hints here. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. So this morning, I want to minister to you just simply this. He's not there. He's not there. Hallelujah. Can we go to the Lord in prayer together? Lord Jesus, I love you today. I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, you can take, Lord, the feeble efforts, Lord Jesus, Lord, this morning, and you can do something with them. I pray, Lord, your word, God, doesn't need propped up. God, it's true. It's real. God, we have confidence in that, Lord. Let that word, Lord Jesus, do its work in our hearts, in our souls this morning. God, I'm thankful, Lord, today, Jesus, for this day. God, for what we are celebrating, for what we are, Lord Jesus, turning our minds and our attention toward. I pray, oh God, in the next little while, Lord God, if you could just somehow, Lord, spread hope. Lord, spread hope in the hearts and the lives of the people. Direct minds, Lord, direct minds, Lord, those, God, that are aimlessly searching, Father. I pray, Lord, give guidance, Lord, in this place today and will not fail, Lord, to thank you, Lord Jesus. God, for what your spirit does, Lord, in this place, in the lovely name of Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning in the lovely name of the Lord. 
I suppose today that every family, every family has their own traditions that encircle all the special days or the holidays that are upon a calendar year. And as it is with our family, so it is with yours. We have our own traditions, the way that we celebrate holidays. And so typically over Easter weekend, my side of the family, the McGee side of the family, will get together on Saturday for an Easter meal, a spread of food that had Jesus ate that during the Last Supper, it might have hurt him getting up on resurrection morn. Nonetheless, my wife over the years has become responsible for cooking the Easter ham. So yesterday morning, as she was getting things ready and preparing to do just that, uh, we realized that the size of this ham failed to fit in any of the oven bags that we had on hand. So she enlisted me to go to the store to grab an appropriate sized oven bag to cook the ham in and save the Easter meal as we have known it. And so my question to her was quite plain, concise, but deliberate. I asked her, where do you usually find these at? Her response was this. She says, they're normally where the aluminum foil is and the wax paper is on the top shelf. That's where they're located. And so it's not that I wasn't listening. It's not that I didn't understand her instruction and what she was telling me. But my simple trip to the grocery store turned into a scavenger hunt. For whatever reason, Brother Fred, I don't know what it was, but perhaps I thought I knew best. I went to the store and all of a sudden the spice aisle caught my attention and I thought, you know what, those oven bags are probably by the spices. That'd be a good place to put the oven bags. And I went there and started going among the mystique state spices and we had a little uh, minced onions over here and I searched, but there were no oven bags there. And then my eye was caught by some pie pans. Throw away tins and dishes. I thought that is an excellent place to put an oven bag because you're going to throw it away whenever you're done with it anyway. And so I went among the pie pans and I was rustling through all these things, various sizes. I did some investigation and, and to my surprise, they, they weren't there either. And then I knew I had found where they were. There was this vertical rack there. It had all types of instruments on there for basting the turkey, Brother Terry. I thought, there's got to be an oven bag. If you're going to baste a turkey, cook a turkey, there's going to be an oven bag. So I spun that thing around. It had four sides, once, twice, three times. I look all throughout that thing, and there was not, I want you to know, there was not one oven bag among all of that stuff. And so I continued in my search. I went up and down the aisles, one by one, several of them. I went up more than once, and then I did the last thing that any man in the world wants to do. I asked somebody for help. And of course, that I'm in need of help countenance that I had probably helped me a little bit. The employee said, sir, I think those are over on aisle 11 right now. And so they walked with me to aisle number 11. And lo and behold, right next to the aluminum foil and the wax paper on the top shelf was oven bags of every size imaginable. And so I grabbed my oven bags and I grabbed a Coke and I, I went walking to the checkout lane dreading if they were going to ask that common question, sir, did you have any problems finding anything or everything today? What I'm getting at is this, folks. I mean, they were right there where she said they would be. 
I couldn't believe it though. Honestly, I felt a little embarrassed that, you know, although any, no one else knew what I knew, what I had heard and what she had said, I was a little embarrassed. And there were so many other places in my mind I thought for sure a of and bad fit being. And I thought there was other places that it should have been. But somehow I was a little disillusioned whenever they were where she said they would be. And so I was having some of my, I, I oftentimes say, seriously? Whenever things just kind of, I was going through those aisles. I'm like, seriously? You know, by the spices. You got to be kidding me. There's no oven bag. But the fact of the matter was this. I, what, what I was looking for wasn't among all those other places. I thought it was highly probable it would be. In fact, what I was looking for is where she said it would be. Someone just say amen. The Bible says the women on that early morn and prior to, they had followed Joseph to Joseph of Arimathea to the sepulcher. He had wrapped the Lord's body. He had put some spices in there. And the women are observing everything that is done and where the body was laid and how it was laid in the tomb so that they might return on that third day to do the deeds for the dead. The Bible says it was getting close to the hour that was transitioning to the Sabbath. No work could be done on the Sabbath. These ladies knew that. And so they were going to honor the Sabbath by doing no work. But what hours they still had in the day that Jesus was crucified, the Bible says they spent the rest of their day until nightfall in preparing spices and preparing ointments for the body. Couldn't do it on the Sabbath, but they're going to make preparations now. And the fact of the matter is this, everything that those women were preparing for, they were preparing for the tomb. They were preparing for a dead body. They were preparing for a non-living human being. They kept the Sabbath just as the law prescribed. But the Bible says early the first day of the week, the third day, they made their way to the tomb. And perhaps as they are walking there, they are still dealing with some of the doubtful words that have flowed from Calvary. As some of the crowd and some of the soldiers and the people had cried out to Christ as he was upon the cross. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. And these women's actions of going to a tomb, having prepared spices for a dead body, really revealed their belief that they weren't expecting a resurrection either. Amen. He's surely not alive. All the other harmonies of the gospel tell the story that as they were going there, they were even wondering about the stone that was placed on the mouth of the tomb. They would surely have to contend with that when they got there. But to their surprise, whenever they approach the tomb, the stone is rolled away. And so they enter into that place where they've made all the preparations for. And whenever they walk into that, that hewed out place in the rock, the Bible says the body was not there. Luke tells it like this, that when they entered in and seeing that the body was not there, it says that they were much perplexed about what they saw. In other words, they were somewhat confused, a little bit bewildered, somewhat at an utter loss because they were waiting for going to the tomb on this day to finish, if you will, some just last rites for the body of Jesus. They had prepared, amen, on Good Friday just for going to the body and placing everything that they prepared for him in the tomb with him at this moment but now there is no body to bestow all of this on it is simply evident today 
that these women did not expect a resurrection. They expected to find a tomb that was full. They expected to find a tomb that had a body. But to their surprise, they found a tomb that was empty. And I'm here to tell you this morning that empty is the key word. Because empty is what they felt whenever they walked into the tomb. Empty is what they were left with because they had no body. Can I tell you this morning since they had spent time and energy and resources on all the preparations for this moment emptiness was more than just a physical reality. Emptiness is what they were feeling and emptiness was what they were experiencing because they had poured part of their life in this preparation for the moment of a dead body but it wasn't there. Someone say amen. And so the angels approached them in their bewilderment, standing there with their emptiness. They prepared for the moment, but they don't have anything to contend with or deal with. Those two men in shining garments, they're, they're trying to activate the faith of these two ladies. And they attempt to jumpstart their belief. They choose their words carefully. Why seek ye I can see the emphasis living among the dead. The living Bible says it like this. Why are you looking in a tomb for someone who is alive? Someone say amen. It, could it be possible because they didn't think that life was possible after crucifix? Can I tell you something this morning? If you believe he's still dead, you're going to deal with nothing but empty tombs. If you believe he's still dead, you will waste your days preparing and looking for him among other things and other venues. But I believe if you think he is alive today, and he is, you can experience a full heart. You can experience excitement. You can experience joy. You can experience contentment someone say amen what are you saying then this morning Pastor McGee I'm saying this sir I'm saying this ma'am what you are looking for isn't among the dead what you're looking for isn't among the tombs what you're looking for isn't where you think it is you can save yourself some time and you can save yourself some frustration you can save yourself some preparation if you'll just remember his words just look where he said he would be He's alive. Someone say amen. Because here is my experience in dealing with people in the real world. And that is this. Too often we spend a portion of our lives preparing for what we believe we will find among the nooks, if you will, and the niches and the aspirations and the goals of our lives. We invest resources, we invest our time, we invest our money just for that moment, you know. That longed for hour, that longed for moment where the culmination of everything that we've been planning for, the, the culmination of everything that we've been preparing for, amen, to discover this is the moment then to get it and find out it's him. Oh, if I can just get that relationship, that's where it's going to be. But you found it's empty. If I can just get that new job or that new position or promotion, if I get that, oh, but it's just empty. If I can get that, that house that has three bedrooms and two and a half baths and a, and a garage, that's where it's at. But you go and you make the plans, the preparations, you get it, and it's empty. Oh, if I can just move to another state or go on a vacation over in France. If I do all these things. That's where it's at. You prepare for but you discover. It's just empty. Someone say amen. And so you arrive at the moment 
There's no accomplishment. There's no achievement. You're met with disappointment because it's in me. You say, I prepared for this, but it's empty. Amen. Let me tell you today, some of the things, some of the places, some of the areas that we have the highest expectations for, many times never materialize. They end up being empty. The Bible says they were perplexed. The perplexity ensues because it didn't happen the way they thought it would happen. It didn't turn out the way they thought it would turn out. Going into an empty tomb is what was, was not what they were expecting. Spurgeon said it like this. They were seeking a living Savior where he couldn't be found. <laughs> they were looking really, amen, maybe against really what they were trying to embrace in the moment, but they were looking for a living Savior where he couldn't be found. I'm here to tell you this morning, every heart that may be in disbelief today, every soul that may have walked into the tombs or if you will walked into other venues of your life amen with doubts about the Lord he's not among all of those other ventures he's not among all those other paths that come to dead ends he's not even among some of the fanciful venues that even the world may deem is notable but whenever those women came from the tomb they had one message their story was this he isn't in the tomb the tomb is empty he's not there he is risen and he is alive and so here's what we got to come to terms with this morning if the tomb where dead things reside if the tomb is empty then Jesus must be alive if you're experiencing emptiness among all the other venues of your life and there's no fulfillment and there's no satisfaction then there's something that's screaming from all that that tells me that Jesus the only one that can satisfy the soul he's alive he's not there today he's not there today amen I know you've prepared for there but there is not where he is <laughs> Woo! someone say yes there's a two pronged two pronged approach that I wish to submit to you this morning. I want you to try to follow in life. And that is this. Don't expect more of something than it can deliver. And also, don't expect less of something than it can deliver. Both sides of the spectrum. Don't expect more or less of something than it can deliver. Because these women believed they would receive some satisfaction from bringing the ointment and the spices to prepare the dead body of the Lord. So it just would remain dead, of course. This would perhaps help them deal with their feeling of loss of him upon the earth. They thought no doubt if they did this, and it was common for people to do this, but if they did this, that it would protect everybody else from the smell of the decaying flesh and the putrefying body of the Lord Jesus Christ, their beloved. Surely it would give them a sense of peace they sought if they'd went to the tomb. 
everything that they had prepared for and be able to bestow it upon the body of the Lord. But since when they arrived, there was nothing for them to bestow their oil on. Nothing to bestow the spices upon. And there at the sepulcher, it's there that they remembered something. As the stone was rolled away, they remembered it being there. They remembered the location of the sepulcher. But now they enter and there's no body. In essence, they had expected more than what the grave could deliver them. They had a certain expectation of the grave. There's going to be a dead body there. But when they got there, it wasn't there. So they expected more of the tomb than what really came. They were expecting more of something than what it could deliver. And yet the women did not believe, or at least they did not uphold the confidence in the fact that Jesus said he would rise on the third day. So they went on and prepared those oils and those spices just the same. And they made their trip to the tomb just the same. They went early in the morning to apply what they prepared just the same. And yet they are perplexed in that when they walk in, there is no body. And then it happened. They realized, I have expected less of something than it could deliver. They expected more of the tomb, but they expected less of Christ Jesus. They expected more of the tomb, but they expected less of Christ Jesus. And so when those angels show up and say, he is not here, they're talking about the tomb. But when he says, he is risen, they're talking about the Lord. He is not here, is they expect more of the grave. He is risen, they expected less of Jesus Christ. Honey, let me tell you something this morning. If you desire success, don't expect more of the grave or other things than they can deliver, but don't expect less of Christ Jesus than what he can do because when you get these two things wrong you will be left with emptiness amen someone say empty emptiness because there's people sitting in this house even today even outside of these four walls and I'm telling you this morning don't be skeptical about the Lord's ability to intervene in your life Don't be skeptical about the Lord's ability to show up in your dilemma. Don't be skeptical about the Lord being able to keep his word just as he did on the third day. I'm telling somebody in this house this morning, you got to maintain some hope. Amen. You got to maintain some hope that since he lives, we don't have to prepare our lives and arrange our lives toward meaningless ends and empty tombs that's devoid of purpose and devoid of life. Can I tell somebody today, stop looking in the wrong places for the things that you really desire. Stop looking in the wrong places for the things you really need. You need to stop by where he is alive. You need to... Someone say yes. You need to go to where something is exuding life. If we will look, he said go to Galilee. That's what he had told them before crucifix, before burial. He said go to Galilee. But on the third day, people's making trips to the tomb. He said I'll meet with you at Galilee. Lack of confidence. Cluttering, if you will, of thought processes of could it be or would it be. 
Kind of like me in the store. I seen the spices, seen the pie pans. I thought that's where it's at. What if I just listened to my wife? I'd have got right where they were the first time I walked in the store. Some of us are spending endless years looking at all the places that he said he would never be. If we just follow the voice of the master, we'll find where he said he said he would be. And so the thing is, if we will look, this is my inspiration to you today. If we will look in the right places, we can exchange our perplexity for some praise. Instead of saying, we found not the body, we can say, I found whom my soul loves. I love the Old Testament story. It is the story placed in the book of the Song of Solomon. It is the story of Solomon and one that is to be his bride, the Shulamite. It is a love story. There's a lot of language of affection spoken in the Song of Solomon. There are a lot of different times that they met together, that they quote-unquote had dates before their marriage day and there was a certain time she was talking about her beloved amen which in the song of Solomon it's almost depicts Christ and his church but nevertheless these are her words let me read them to you today in song of Solomon 3 and 1 she says by night upon my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth I sought him but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets. And in the broadways I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchman that goeth about the city found me. To whom I said, saw ye whom my soul loveth? And she said in verse 4, it was but a little that I passed from them. But I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him. And would not let him go. You know what she's saying? I went on a venture to try to find him in different roads, in different places, in different avenues. But there were a lot of those that I went. I sought him, but I didn't find him. But I found him when he was at where he was at. Do you understand what I'm getting at today? We spent so much of life, so much of preparation, so much of our resources, so much of our time. We'll seek him down the paths. A man of alcoholism, methamphetamines, all these different things. But when we get there it's empty and we're left empty I'm here to tell somebody today don't keep going looking for where he isn't go to where he is go to where he can be found he's not among the dead he's not among those things that cannot add anything to your life he is here even in this place right now this morning he is not there he so it's hallelujah It's really, I mean, you know, it's a little embarrassing. It's not there. It's not there. It's, not, it's, a little, it's a little embarrassing. I don't know how much time I wasted in the store, but I wasted enough. Pie pans couldn't give me what I needed. Spices couldn't. All the basting instruments for a turkey couldn't even do it. I had to go where it was. We find ourselves going down so many roads that cannot render us any satisfaction. But see, this, this, goes, this goes beyond us. This goes beyond you as a person. Because you're not the only one at stake here. We have families. 
We have friends. We have loved ones. Can I say even this this morning? There are children picking up on the cues of our lives. And more than likely, they will duplicate them in their own. Not only did the women wrestle with their belief, not only did it seem like they have followed the Lord through all this ministering years, and yet they're struggling with their belief. All their belief is covered up by the clutter, if you will, of their lives, the distractions of their lives, the feelings of their lives. But it wasn't just them. The Bible portrays even the disciples. The disciples were struggling as well. When they heard news, they did not believe. When they heard news, they weren't accepting it. The women ain't the only ones that's bewildered by empty tomb. Even the disciples are bewildered. All of these people, and even us at times, are among the masses that, if you will, have forgotten the words of the Lord. Have forgotten what he said. Have forgotten the promises that he has made to us collectively or to us individually. There are many times, several of us, amen, are among those that have allowed life to get so cluttered that it silences the message of hope for us. See, they, they all kind of, and us at times, represent that larger, that larger segment of society that's almost like they are on the treasure hunt. A treasure hunt with anticipation. And their feet are standing, if you will, at the proverbial X that marks the spot on the map. But as they look down, all they see is a vacant hole. A meaningless space. And as the questions filter through the minds, did somebody get here before us? Why? Because they can't find what they came looking for. They can't find what they came looking for. No, 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 no. You don't you understand, Pastor. I spent 10 years to get to this moment. And it's empty. No, 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 no. I've sacrificed my family to get this feeling I have right now that but it's empty. I've prepared. I've done everything and it, 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 it's empty. Let me tell you something about the miracle of the resurrection. The miracle of the resurrection, let me tell you something about it. They weren't prepared for it. And you'll never really truly be prepared for it. Because it is a life and life more abundantly as the scripture says. Some of them like the disciples that were the closest to Jesus. The closest were not prepared for it. They ate where he ate. They slept where he slept. They lived where he lived. And they still weren't prepared for it. Let me tell you something. The best way to process an empty tomb, <laughs> the best way to process an empty tomb and a living Savior is to experience the living Savior. Some of you have already experienced the emptiness of a tomb. But now I invite you to experience a living Savior. The best way to process how in the world could I get here and the tomb be empty is to experience a living Savior. What are you saying? Disciples didn't believe. Two boys on the way to Emmaus talking about the events of that day. Oh, and Jesus comes, but they don't recognize he came. And he begins to talk with them. What are you talking about? What's going on? Have you not heard, sir, in these recent days, this man was crucified, put to death, and it is the third day. 
Like something should be happening. But they've already heard that some said the tomb is empty, but they're still in disbelief. And so they're in disbelief. Peter and John, they run to the tomb. They see it empty, but still yet they're struggling with disbelief. All the women there, they are in disbelief. They're all struggling with all of this mess. Amen. And they're trying to get it all right. But finally, as they were gathered together, the Bible says in one of those upper rooms that Jesus entered into the room. It's almost as though he walked through the wall and he said, children, why you fear Children, why are your hearts faint? He says, touch me, feel me, handle me. You know what he's saying? You've already experienced the empty tomb. But the only way that all this will make sense, the best way for you to process this is now to experience the living Savior. There's some people in this place this morning, you've been to empty tomb after empty tomb, venue after venue. Let me tell you today, the only way to process all of that is to touch and feel that which is alive. Touch and feel that which is meaningful. Touch and feel that which can satisfy. He's risen. Just like he said he would. He did just what he said he would do. So look for him where he can be found. Isaiah said it like this. It's Isaiah 55 and verse 1. And now we're going to read a few verses here today. He says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, Come ye, and this seems a little odd here at first. Come ye by. Don't make real sense, does it? Huh? You have no money, but come over here and buy. Well, you know, I, I wasn't always the sharpest pencil in the class, but buy usually requires money. And eat. And you come, here he goes again. Buy wine and milk. But look now, he says, without money and without price. You know what he's saying? The only thing that's necessary for this transaction, there's not a price. You don't have to have money. You just got to be where it's at. <laughs> he said, if you're thirsty, go to the water. You're hungry, go to the food. You don't have to purchase anything because there's not a price on it. You got to just be where it's at. Can I tell you today, you're looking for something, but you're going to all the wrong places. And you've even stockpiled money and other things sometimes to try to make the purchase. Good news for you today. You need a risen Savior. You need everlasting water. Go to where the water is. Go to where the bread is without money and without cost. If you can get to where it's at, you'll receive what he has. Someone say amen. He says, verse 2, wherefore do you spend money? Look at it. Wherefore do you spend money? You making preparations? Do you spend money for that which is not bread? And you labor for that which satisfieth not. What's he talking about? He's talking about some emptiness. He's talking about some emptiness. He said, hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto, here he comes now, full circle. Incline your ear and come unto me, here in your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Verse 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And 
and let him return into the Lord and he will have mercy upon him to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither your ways my ways said the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways my thoughts than your thoughts see you thought it was in the tomb but I don't think like that you said that's where they laid him but my ways are not your ways come to where I said I would be remember the Bible says when those angels spoke and said he'll be released into the hands of sinful man and he will die but on the third day he will be risen he'll rise again they told those ladies plainly this remember the words of the Lord remember the words of the Lord he's not here he is risen go to Galilee That's what he told you to do. He said, I'll suffer, yeah. He said, I'll be crucified, yeah. He said, but the third day, I'll rise again. In other words, what y'all doing here for? It's the third day. What are y'all doing here for? Don't search the tomb. He's not there. Don't build an earthly kingdom, folks. He's not there. Don't search satisfaction everywhere else. Satisfaction that only he can give. He's not there. You won't find him in an earthly relationship. He's not a God, the Bible says, of the dead, but he is a God of the living. And so those angels tell those women, you urge them as you depart from the empty tomb, you urge them and you tell everybody that you've already been to the place that everybody else is going. You tell them you've already been there and it's empty. You tell them you've already been there and there's nothing there. And there's no need of them making a fruitless trip. There's people sitting in this house this morning that we could give them five minutes behind the pulpit today and they could tell others in this audience, I've already been down the road you've been down. I've already went down the pothole road that you're down and I've got to the end of it. There's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. It's empty, empty and it left me feeling empty. You know what you need to hear today? There is a place where he is but we got to remember his word and get to where he's at. We got to stop looking thinking we know best or this is best or this is right or this is proper or putting it off to another day or another time you need to find where he's at and you need to get to where he is because even when the ladies told the disciples what happens Peter and John they run right where they said he wasn't yeah they run right where they say he is not at so I'm just telling you not everybody's going to take your word for it somebody's got to go to the tomb and experience the emptiness for themselves We're trying to save you the journey, but there's some that's just going to have to go there and experience the emptiness for themselves and realize he's not there. He wasn't there in those five relationships I had. He wasn't there in a job of bigger money. He wasn't there with the nicer car. He wasn't there, amen, through the intravenous drugs. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. He's going to have to find out for themselves. But I hope whenever you find out, he'll find where he is and go to where he said he'd be. We read in the scriptures. After it was announced that Jesus was not there, that the angel, look, the harm in the gospels, the angel wanted the disciples and all of them to know that he still wanted to see them at Galilee, just like he had told them before all of this had ever happened. As a matter of fact, Jesus in that room, when he had them touch him and handle them, he told them, meet me in Galilee, just even as he had spoken to them. 
prior to ever suffering, prior to ever dying. He said, after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. That had not changed. Although the message of the risen Savior wasn't received by many, if not most, to begin with. Him going to Galilee and meeting them there had not changed. Mary Magdalene told them and they believed not. Again, those Emmaus boys encountered him. They didn't believe everything. There was a residue of them that did not believe. But don't look for him among the dead. You got to get to Galilee. You can stand with me this morning. You got to get to Galilee. Why Galilee, Brother McGee? In Galilee, I'm not telling you today, if you've been down empty roads and everything that you've done and unsatisfactory, you need to get the first ticket you can, get on a plane and go over to Galilee in the Middle East. The Galilee stands as a, as, and is symbolical for something bigger than just a location on the map. He said, you got to get to Galilee. Why Galilee, Pastor me? I mean, you know, there's Jerusalem. You know, Jerusalem is the vicinity where Jesus was crucified, and that's where he was resurrected, and even his ascension kind of, you know, took place in that arena. What in the world about Galilee? But Jesus said, no. Whenever I'm risen, he said, you meet me, you meet me at Galilee. Because all the final scenes, it seems like, point back to Galilee. They point back to where it all began. Many, if not most of all the disciples were called into that discipleship of following the Lord. Guess what? In the region of Galilee. Ironically, this morning, Galilee means a circle or ring or circuit. In other words, wherever life would lead them, you can always circle back. You can always make a ring and circle back to where it all started for you and the Lord. Or as most of the disciples were called from that area, go to Galilee where it seems to start for people with the Lord. He says, meet me there. Most of Jesus' activity in his earthly ministry, guess where it was centered around? Galilee. So he was saying, go back to where Christ is active. Go back to where he's active and you'll see him there. You'll experience him there. Historically, Galilee was one of the regions that a city of refuge, even back from the Old Testament, was located during the times of Joshua in that region. That if a person felt threatened by having unintentionally taken a life, could we say it like this? If they were threatened by some past mistake, they could go to the city of refuge and they could find safety and security. Perhaps Jesus was saying, you'll find me at Galilee. Go back to where you can find refuge for yourself. Go back to where you can find peace. Hey man, although you might have a past that is riddled with mistakes. Galilee was a place that was rich concerning its soil. It had fertile and fruitful soil. Perhaps Christ is saying, I'm going to rise. Don't meet me in the tomb. If you go there, it'll be empty. But meet me in Galilee. Meet me to the, at the place something productive can sprout from the ground where new life can begin because he's trying to tell them Galilee's where where it starts Galilee is where you can return Galilee is the place of refuge it's the place 
poised for fruitfulness. It's the place, if you will, of life. It's the place of hope. And more importantly, Galilee isn't empty. Galilee isn't empty. That's where it can be found this morning. It can be found where the refuge is. It can be found where fruitfulness is. It can be found where all can begin for you. That's where he can be found. And quite frankly, this morning, that's where he wants you to go. Don't be preparing for a tomb that's going to leave you jaded with the results. Empty, really. Don't be like me in the store thinking that I just knew best. It seemed like just certain things was associated with other than that. Don't be like me like that. That ham could already cook a few minutes longer, I guess, yesterday. And I'd shown up and just went to where she said it was. Don't be spinning your wheels. Can we bow our heads this morning? Don't be spinning your wheels in your life, sir or ma'am. Don't be spinning your wheels in this life. Every year that passes is just another year that has expired from your life. And we are given only one life to live upon this earth. Only one. Many here can attest to the fact you have seen your children go from infants to adulthood and maybe no longer living in your house and you have blinked twice and you asked yourself how in the world has that happened man this has went by so fast and if those 20 years have expired that quick how much quick how how quick is the next 20 going to expire the question i'm asking is this are you looking then for christ in the right places are you looking for your hope in the right places are you looking for your satisfaction in the right places are you being met with disappointment after disappointment it's empty. It's emptiness. I've prepared for this. There's nothing really to show for it. It's empty. Sir or ma'am, get to where he is. There's a place of fruitfulness. There's a place of refuge. There's a place of hope. There's a place of life for you today. This is, in essence, the story of Easter. This is, in essence, the glorious truth of an empty tomb. Because every empty tomb is trying to point to a living Savior. Every empty tomb is trying to scream, he's alive. These altars are open today if anybody would desire to come to pray. Or if you feel uncomfortable doing that, you can stand right there in your pew or kneel in your pew or lift a hand and say, Pastor McGee, I've been to some of those cemeteries and I've been met with some empty tombs. I've been down some of those roads. I have looked for satisfaction in some of those areas and places. Brother McGee, I'm right in the middle of making preparations for another visit to a venture that he didn't promise me that he'd be at. You're making me think today that maybe I need to abandon preparation right now and jump ship and just go running to where he is. That's the plea I'm making with you this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. I feel the Spirit of God. I feel a living Savior among us this morning. He's not confined to a cross. He's not confined to a tomb. He's not confined to some historical moment in time. He is just as real today as He was then. And He's eager. Come to the water if you're thirsty. Come to the bread if you're hungry. You don't have to have money. It's without price. But if you can get to where He is, you'll experience what He has. Handle him, touch him, feel him, experience him today. These altars are open for whosoever will. If you want to pray right where you're at, that's fine. But these altars are open if you just want to make your way. Let me tell you, you're not going to be disappointed with emptiness on this journey. You're not going to be disappointed with emptiness on this journey. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Brother Mason. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.